Our scripture reading was from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and verse four. Ephesians six, verse four. In Exodus, the twentieth chapter, you won't find the ten suggestions. You'll find the ten commandments. And here in this passage is not just a suggestion to fathers, but it's a command. And I can almost see Paul in front of an audience at Ephesus, kind of like this one, saying this, And you who are fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and the admonition of the Lord. Good morning, church. Are you ready to take a journey? All right. Well, I hope that our young people are ready to take a journey because as has already been mentioned, we are beginning our vacation Bible school this week. And in conjunction with that, we're doing the same thing with our uh, summer series. So we're, we're taking a journey all, uh, all summer uh, on our Wednesday nights with that. So I want to encourage us to take a look around the building. There's a lot of work that's taking place. Uh, I've never really had the opportunity to preach out from a boat, but uh, today we will. Um, and in all the centers, there's been a lot of work going on this, this week. And so we want you to know too, because of all that work. Uh, all these rooms are taken up with things. There's wood and things like that uh, set up. And so we don't want any of our young people to uh, wander off in those rooms and, and get hurt or anything like that. But I do want to encourage you to look around the building. A lot of work has gone in uh, to our Vacation Bible School. Now, I, I want to mention a few things about that uh, that will be coming up this week. Because all of those learning centers uh, are all the areas in the building are taken up, uh, there will be an adult class, but uh, tomorrow we're just going to meet right over here in this section. So if you're going to be, be here uh, tomorrow with the adult class, we'll just meet right over here uh, tomorrow. Also, we had planned a, a big kickoff uh, this evening, but if you've checked the weather, you know that rain is coming. And so um, we've made some changes. Uh, we're still going to have a service here in the auditorium, but we're going to move that the kickoff events, we're going to move those things to Wednesday night uh, after our summer series service. So uh, this will give us an opportunity to invite some of those kids that will be here. But we want to encourage you to invite those young people in your neighborhoods, uh, in your families, uh, whatever connection that you have to those, please, please invite them. Uh, also in connection to uh, our Vacation Bible School, uh, if you're a group leader, that's you lead the group of young people around, uh, you need to meet with Greta today at 515 down front over here uh, in the auditorium. That's today at 515. Um, also, if you can stay and help tonight, we'll need your help uh, setting up registration in the lobby uh, for that. Um, so there's a lot going on with that for Vacation Bible School, so we want to encourage you to be thinking about that, inviting people, and praying for that. Also, there's been lots of prayer requests. I've received um, uh, calls and uh, emails and uh, texts and things like that of people to add to our prayer list. So remember those on our prayer list. One, we want to add um, Mike Harden's mom, Juanita Scott. She's been in the hospital this weekend um, with some complications, infections, but she is doing better and has been able to come home today. So remember that family uh, in your prayers. Also, Carolyn Overton has been able to, to return home, uh, but also... 
uh, Mark Kennedy's family. You, you may have received that email this week. His aunt uh, had an accident and uh, she was not expected to live and um, she was passing as Mark sent me a text this morning. So remember Mark and his family uh, out in Arkansas, if you will, uh, when you approach our Heavenly Father uh, on behalf of all these on our prayer list. Uh, so Juanita Scott, that's Mike Harden's mother, and also Mark Kennedy's family. Add them to our prayer list. Today is Father's Day, and uh, just like on Mother's Day, we want to honor our fathers. We want to have the opportunity to, to give you a gift. So at this time, we're going to have all of our fathers. If you're a father or a father figure, uh, if you will stand, we have some young men that's going to pass out something to you real quickly. So all of our fathers, if all of our fathers will stand. Fathers and father figures, grandfathers. We want to honor you with, with the gift here. Oh, thank you. So once you receive that gift, you can be seated, but remain standing until you receive that gift. We want you to know how much we appreciate you, and we're going to be talking about this morning uh, the the important role that you play, uh, as you know that. Uh, And so, uh, but we wanted to thank you. Uh, This is just something small that uh, we wanted to say thank you for all that all that you've done for your family and for your presence being here today. All right. Yes. Dustin says one has a $20 bill, so you can go ahead and check it. It's not yours. Okay. All right. Let's let's approach our Heavenly Father uh, this morning as we begin. Holy Father, we thank You for our fathers. We thank You, Father, for all that they mean to our families and to our church family. Father, we, we thank You for allowing us to have fathers. Father, we thank You for being our Heavenly Father. We pray that You will bless all of our fathers here today. And we thank You for them. Father, we pray for Mark Kennedy and his family. We pray that You will bless them in their loss. That You will be with them and comfort them. Father, we pray for... Carolyn Overton, we're thankful that she's been able to come home. Father, we pray for her recovery. Father, we pray for all of those on our prayer list, among our family members. We pray that you'll bless them. Father, we also pray for Mike Harden's mother, uh, Juanita Scott, who's been able to come home. We pray that you will continue to bless her and that her condition might improve. Father, we also pray that you will continue to be with Cassie Ruddle. Uh, Father, we pray that you will continue to bless her as she continues with complications. Uh, Father, has had some hospital stays. Father, we continue to pray that you will bless her and bless her family. And Father, we pray that her health might uh, begin improving each and every day and just get better and better. And we give you praise and glory for that. Father, we thank you for the way that you work through our lives, for the way that you take care of us. And Father, especially today, again, we want to thank you for our earthly fathers. And Father, we honor them. And we thank you for them. Watch over us. Bless our time together today. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. So this morning we want our fathers. 
to be reminded, to be encouraged, to, be, to remember the important role that you play. There's a Spanish story told of an estranged father and his son. The son ran away and the father decided to seek out that son and so he looked for him for months and months and months all to no avail. And so in a last ditch effort to reach out to his son, his name was Paco, he placed an ad in the Madrid newspaper that read this, Dear Paco, Meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you. Your father. Saturday noon came and you know what happened? 800 Pacos showed up at the newspaper ad. They were all seeking, you see, the forgiveness of their father. So anyone that tells fathers that your role is not important, they are wrong. Because your role is very, very important. Many times, our children, they will run past daddy when they're hurt or when they're in pain or this, that, and the other to get to mama. But you know, there's one thing that children will never look to anyone else as an example for other than Father, and that is relationship with God. You see, fathers, we have a very, very important role. Really a heavy load to carry in being the head of our families and being leaders in our families. In fact, statistics say... Now, this is not 100% the case, you understand. But statistics say that when father and mother both attend church, 72% of those children will also attend church. But when only the father attends, that number drops to about 55%. And now you say, hey, that's a drop. You're right. But here's what's significant. The drop from only fathers attending to only mothers attending is very significant. That number drops to about 15%. Now that's not to say um, those that are single mothers can never raise children that would be faithful. That's not to say that. What that shows us is the importance of both father and mother, doesn't it? But it does also show us the importance of the role of father. We don't have to really say it this morning. We all know by looking at the television, by watching the news, looking on the internet, we are at war, right? I'm not talking about physical war. You see, our war is not in Iraq or Afghanistan or somewhere in the Middle East or in Russia or wherever. Our war is for our families. There's a war for our families. You see, it's not about our land. It's not about our possessions. It's not even about our freedom. This war is about our families. And we can look all across our nation and we can see, we can see the absence of fathers. 
We can see many times the absence of both mothers and fathers. And we can see that Satan is winning the war on our families. Amen? But we think, oh, sometimes we get in the idea that, oh, this has just happened in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? Because, man, years ago, America was great. And our Christian values were strong. In Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 12, the Bible tells us that Satan was attacking the families. Because what you, you see what happened here in Judges chapter 2 is that when Joshua and all the, the men of that generation, the Bible says when they passed on, here's what happened. The next generation turned their back on God. So this is not a new war. This is not a new tactic. This is something that has been going on for years and years and years and years. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1-3, through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. That's how Paul starts Ephesians chapter 6. And then down in a few verses past that, he talks about war. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. That's been going on since the Garden of Eden. That was going on in Joshua's day. That's still happening today. It's not new. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, one version says this of that verse. For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure. The lust for everything we see and the pride in our possessions. These are not from the Father. They are from this evil world. That's nothing new. That's been happening since Adam and Eve. That's the way Satan attacked Adam and Eve. That's the way Satan attacked the first family. And that's the way Satan will attack your family and my family. Did you hear it? Through the lust for physical pleasure. Through the lust for everything we see. And the pride in our possessions. You see, Satan wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to be comfortable where we are with what we have. Because when we are comfortable, we are satisfied. But Jesus would tell us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, that means we're not satisfied. We want something more. And that thing that we want more of is God and His Word. And that's the only way to overcome this long-standing tradition of the way Satan attacks our families. So how, fathers... Are we to win this war? I believe Paul gives us an example in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. He says, Fathers, you are to provide your family with love. 
Well, he didn't say love, did he? No, he said this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. You see, provoke means the idea to anger alongside or to enrage. In Roman times, the father had supreme authority over the family. In fact, when a child was born... If the father picked that child up, that child was accepted into the family. But if the father did not pick that child up, that child was then rejected. He could be sold, he could be given away, or he could be killed by exposure. And that's the way it was. That was legal. One version says it this way of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Don't use your authority to abuse the child, but to encourage and build the child. You see, that's love. That's love. And we'll talk about some other things that mean love. You see, all abuse is not just physical, is it? Abuse can also be verbal. So the challenge for us fathers is to carefully take careful attention to the verbal messages we send our children. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Let me explain it this way. A preacher was given a lecture one time to a group of Christian students on the topic of prayer. And how when you call on the Lord, He is ready, He is there when you call. And to illustrate that, he talked about in his office, he had told his secretary, he had given them uh, her a list of names of people who could interrupt him no matter what. No matter how insignificant the thing is they wanted, these people on this list could interrupt them interrupt him in a staff meeting or in a counseling session or whatever it was and at the top of that list was his family. So no matter what the reason, his family could interrupt him. After the lecture, one young lady came up and she said, can you adopt me? I've been trying to get a hold of my father And I can't get a hold of him, and I need his encouragement. Fathers, we have an important role to play. You see, many times we think love comes from the mother. And yes, love does come from the mother. But our encouragement plays an important role. One person said this, Fathers provoke their children and discourage them by saying one thing and doing another. By always blaming and never praising. By making promises and never keeping them. And by making light of problems that to children are very important. Fathers, our roles are so important. And Satan and the world wants us to believe that it's not. Satan and the world, fathers, want you to believe that all you do is get a paycheck. That's all you contribute to the family. And God's Word tells us differently. God's Word says, Fathers, provide love for your families. God's Word says, Fathers, provide training 
for their families. Paul would say, fathers, bring your children up in the training of the Lord. You see, that word training is the same word over in chapter 5 and verse 29 of Ephesians is the same word nourishes. When Paul talks about husbands who really love their wives, they care for them, they nourish and they cherish them just like he does his own body. And that same word for training is the same word that he uses there, nourishes. So fathers are to nourish their wives and their children by sharing love and encouragement in the Lord. You see, in addition to providing for them physically, food, clothing, and shelter, fathers are to provide for them emotionally and spiritually. Notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God. Just like a father exhorts and comforts their children. Paul is writing, that's what we have done. Just like a father. You know, nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture does it say that the obligation of training our children falls to outside agencies. Nowhere. Any outside agencies, including the church, only serves as an aid to what we do at home in our families. Now that doesn't mean that our Bible classes aren't important. Our Bible classes are important because they serve as an aid to what we're already doing at home. What we're already teaching and training at home. This also doesn't mean that when, when we have uh, uh, young people just woo, flying through the building, as young people sometimes do, that we can't say, alright guys, now it's, we need to slow down. We don't run in the church building. We don't want someone to get hurt. It doesn't say that we can't... That's aiding what's already happening at home, right? But that's not our obligation to do all the training of our young people. You see, that relies on parents and fathers. Home is the place where children ought to learn about the Lord and the Christian life. I want you to notice 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Because our instruction should always be connected to the Word of God. Look what Paul says. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness. Here it is. Here's the culmination of it. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, equipped for every good work. You see the progression? It starts with children. We teach and we train our children about God so that when they are older, 
they might be complete. Complete in God. Equipped for every good work. For we are His workmanship. What a legacy. What a legacy of love and training that fathers leave and fathers and mothers leave for their children. But fathers also are to provide discipline for the family. You see, this word is translated as training. It means tutorage or education or training by implication, disciplinary correction. The idea of the word is that the whole child is being trained and educated. The whole child. You remember Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, it speaks of Jesus, how He increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and in favor with man. He was balanced. It's the training of the whole child. And that's the direction that we have for fathers to children. For the growth of the child. It includes that of uh, training and discipline of a child to bring about virtue and character. Some modern psychologists, though, oppose the old-fashioned way of discipline. They say if you discipline them, you're going to warp their minds. You're going to warp and, and mess up their character. But you see, discipline is a basic principle of life. And is evidence of love and training. You say, how do you know that? Look right here. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. That's discipline. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. For whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. Why? So that we can be better. So that we can be stronger. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. He who spares his rod... Hey, hey, Benyon boys, y'all hearing this? He who spares his rod hates his son. See, I told you I didn't hate you. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. You see, and discipline's not easy. It's not easy, but if I love my children, that's what I need to do. Discipline must be done in love, not anger. See, the purpose of discipline is not to injure the child, but it's to encourage and train and direct. Discipline must also be consistent. Listen to what some teenagers said. One said, I either get away with murder or I get blamed for everything. Another said, I never knew how far I could go because my parents never cared enough to discipline me. I figured that if it wasn't important to them, why should it be important to me? You see, consistent discipline can give a child assurance. One parent said this, He may not agree with us, but at least he knows that we care enough to build some protective walls around him until he can take care of himself. This sounds like good advice, doesn't it? You see, fathers are to provide discipline for their families. Because done in the right way, it's for development and growth 
for the family. Remember in the movie, Remember the Titans? Uh, Coach Herman Boone, he pushed his players to the brink of their ability. Some people said, you're going to ruin them. You're tearing them down. You're beating them up too much. But it prepared them for a difficult season of football. Not only was it difficult on the football field, it was difficult in the schools because of the things that were happening in that day and time. As a result of their training, which include discipline and encouragement, but included things they didn't like, they had an undefeated season and won the championship and made a difference in their community. So though it is difficult, it is very, very important. Fathers, our roles are important. And I, and I hope this morning to encourage you, but also to challenge you because of what God word, God's Word instructs us as fathers to do. To provide love for our families, to provide training, and to provide discipline. Listen to this sad story. A young man was to be sentenced to the penitentiary. And so the judge called him together. You see, the judge knew, his, knew this boy from childhood and he knew his, his dad. He knew what a great man his dad was and what a great lawyer he was. Uh, he had spent, he was a scholar and was author of an extensive, exhaustive study entitled The Law of Trust. And the judge asked the father, he said, Do you remember your father? I remember him well, your honor, he said. Then trying to probe into this young man's conscience and get him to think about his father, maybe how his father would feel or what his father would think, said this, As you're about to be sentenced and as you think of your wonderful dad, what do you remember most clearly about him? The answer shocked the judge. The boy said, I remember when... I remember that what I remember is not the same man that you remember, Judge. I remember when I went to him for advice, he looked up at me from the book he was writing and said, Run along, boy, I'm busy. When I went to him for companionship, he turned me away saying, Run along, son, this book must be finished. Your Honor, you remember a great lawyer. I remember a lost friend. The judge said in his mind then, Alas, finished the book, but lost the boy. Fathers, we have an important role to play. And contrary to what the world would tell us, it's not just bringing home a paycheck. Yes, that paycheck is important. Hard work is important. For that's something that we can teach our children. But that's not the only role of fathers. Our encouragement to you is that we as Christian fathers will show the world a different role of fathers so that, God willing, we can make a difference in this world. No matter what Satan does to the rest of the world, no matter what the president or the government does or sends down, no matter what Russia does or Iraq or Afghanistan, ISIS or whoever else, 
Do you remember? Do you remember what God told the Israelites? These things will be done so that the Egyptians and all the world will know that there's a God in Israel. And fathers, when we take that role seriously and realize we're more than what the world says, people will know there's a God alive in the world. As together we stand and sing. Faithful love.